Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Everything we've done since training camp is we want to earn the right to be a playoff team. Richard Love save! Mike Smith, a game saver! And he got run over by Zach Cassian. Be like one of those top teams, and we're working our way to that level. Connor McDavid danced around Morgan Riley. Denied by Smith, who saves the game again. Josh Archibald wins the game! My message today is we're trying to win. One-timer score! Leon Dreisaitl right circle! No risk, no game. And now we're going to have a goalie for action! This is NHL overtime! This is Ryan Eugene Hopkins. This is Oscar Platt. This is Leon Dreisaitl. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. This is Oil Country. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide? Yeah, Digitex does that d-i-g-i-t-e-x dot c-a now bob stopper on the official radio station of your edmonton oilers 6 30 shed between the Edmonton Oilers and the Chicago Blackhawks. The Oilers looking for a vastly more professional performance. Uh, got rattled a bit early against the Hawks. Did not go well Saturday afternoon at Rogers Place. This is Oilers Now. It's brought to you by Digitex. Buy or lease your next office network printer from the Digitex.ca e-commerce store. Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office IT and supply. Of course, we got a live Oilers Now for you today from noon to two. Reed Wilkins will have uh, abbreviated inside sports into the uh, face-off show tonight, then the puck drop at 8.30, 6 o'clock. Reed will be on the air. We'll have the puck drop at 8.30, Game 2, Edmonton and Chicago. Complete recap coming up right away from the Oilers' matchup against Chicago. Some thoughts and some other series. 12.35 today, NHL insider John Shannon. 1 o'clock, he just uh, had his birthday. 
last week. Troy Murray. Chicago Blackhawks radio analyst and Sportsnet color analyst on the Oilers uh, television uh, broadcast, Drew Remenda as well. Of course, you can get a uh, hold of us at any time on the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. River Cree back up and at them, 1,350 slot machines, multiple dining options, including the brand-new Italia, the River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement bet on it. You can text us at 780-496-0063 on the Ashley Five Floors text line. Ashley Five Floors, ready for your kids' pregame warm-up. I'm at Bob underscore Stauffer. Brendan Escott, big part of the show back at the 630 Chad Studios. Brendan with two E's, Escott with two T's. Brendan, how was your weekend? Oh, it's, you know, <laughs> it was a lot of sports on. I just wish the Oilers had performed a little bit better, but uh, it, it was good. It was good to just kind of relax and have the TV on for a while. Absolutely. Uh, watched a lot. Uh, you can also tweet the show at Oilers now, but right away we're going to get into the Great Rock Exteriors top story. Mother Nature wreaks havoc on your home. Book your free no-obligation inspection today. Visit greatrockexteriors.ca. Game 2 goes night. Uh, Dave Tippett has confirmed Miko Koskinen will start in goal. Uh, probably not a surprise to many of you. Koskinen has one career start against Chicago. It was a shutout. Mike Smith got the call on Saturday. That was one of the storylines going into the game. As we go into the orders now, out of vault for Direct Workwear, where safety meets savings in Edmonton, Fort McMurray, and online at directworkwear.com. Jack Michaels, the call. Hang on. I'm going to stop in your tracks here, Bob. It's sitting on my desk completed, but I don't have it in the work folder. So why don't you why don't you give your summarization here and I'll get oh, the audio okay. file. All right. Well, sure. Uh, then we will uh, quickly abridge on the fly. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers, not good enough right from the get-go of that hockey game. Two two-on-ones in the first 75 seconds of the game. Uh, Ethan Bear stepping up, no backside support. Two-on-one there. Oscar Clefbaum with an egregious read. Brandon Saad walked around, had a clean look on Mike Smith, who made it probably his best save of the game. Then the Oilers get gifted a power play on a blown line change by the Chicago Blackhawks. McDavid uh, goes uh, sort of uh, deep point, races in, rips one high to the blocker side on Corey Crawford. Boom, the Oilers are up one nothing. Mike Smith, and I had this conversation after the game at Pub 1905 with uh, a couple guys that played the National Hockey League, did some coaching as well. One of them still does some coaching, and uh, you know, I was down there at Bakes of the Boys, and we were having just talking about Mike Smith. He's all in all the time. He never alters his game when it comes to handling the puck. And that was critical in Saturday's game because Clefbaum and Larson had a case of the yips early in the game, and it didn't get any better until about the third period. So a turnover on a bad mishandle after Clefbaum had uh, thrown a pizza right up the middle that almost got buried home, and then... Mike Smith follows that up with a malfunction at the junction, gives the puck to Dylan Strom, and goes Brendan Shanahan on the uh, bank shot in the net, and suddenly we're tied 1-1. And that sort of, you know, you could tell it rattled the Oilers, and it certainly didn't help Clefbaum and Larson, who, for the record, in training camp, had some tough moments. Um, that's supposed to be the Oilers' best pairing. They need to elevate tonight. Anyhow, bottom line, the Oilers were down 4-1 after 1. Jonathan Taze. Uh, Dominic Kubelik uh, and Brandon Saad absolutely uh, had their way with whoever they played against during the course of that game. I know they got a couple even strength goals out against the McDavid, Cassian, Ryan Nugent, Hopkins line. Zach Cassian had some struggles in that game, was very quiet. I know that there was a tweet from Brian Hayes out of uh, Toronto suggesting that McDavid was a no-show. It's interesting that it comes from a guy in Toronto. I'm going to take you back to January 18th. I know we talked about this game. 
But uh, the Oilers had played an afternoon game against Arizona and absolutely skunked the Coyotes 7-3. That was a game that uh, she had had four points, Archibald had three points, McDavid had two goals. Anyhow, later that night, Chicago went into Toronto and absolutely obliterated the Maple Leafs. Like it wasn't even close. And guess who was playing together? Kubalik, Kays, Saad. Just like on Saturday afternoon, Against, uh, in large part against the Oilers' top line. Uh, that night in Toronto, they scored five goals. Taze had two, two, and four, and they absolutely, you know what, canned Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. Those guys both went minus four in that game. And I remember later that night, I went down, uh, so we had the Oilers in an afternoon game, watched the first two periods of the Leafs get absolutely throttled by Chicago and by Taze, who, I'm sure uh, we will hear later on coming up on Oilers Now, Troy Murray talk about how Jonathan Taze loves those matchups against the Young Guns. Later that night, I had a conversation with uh, uh, Ian Herbers after the Golden Bears. I went to the Golden Bears game. They beat Lethbridge 10-1 that night, and we talked about Jonathan Taze. He said, Stoff, he's a great player. You know, guys like that, they want it. I mean, he's a serial winner. He's done it his whole career. So we've seen this action before out of those guys and they got the best of the Oilers and the Oilers were rattled the, the Oilers also did a poor job on the PK in that game Chicago went three for six against Edmonton Saturday afternoon and Archibald and Sheehan who've been terrific all year Sheehan was on the ice for all three goals against on the PK I mean he's an excellent penalty killer the Oilers have the best penalty killing that's in the playoffs only San Jose had better penalty killing during Edmonton during the regular season you would have never known it uh, the Oilers dressed it up late they got a couple goals End result, Edmonton loses game one, final score, 6-4. The last time I checked, it's a best of five. It's not a best of one. I know I mentioned Sunday. As a 16-year-old kid who watched the Edmonton Oilers lose to the L.A. Kings in five games when the Kings finished 48 points behind Edmonton in 82, I could not have imagined what Oilers Twitter would have looked like back in 1982 i can tell you right now that I, there's guys that worked in hockey that i knew at that time because one of them coached me that said i'm not sure the Oilers could win with me you know win with gretzky this is after they knocked off the canadians the year before the 81 playoffs but they lost in five to la so you have criticism when these things happen it's still the first game of a best of five now edmonton's got to be a lot better i know adrian dater uh, long-time writer based out of Colorado. He's an opinionated guy. Everybody's allowed to have their opinion. Talked about uh, McDavid being personality deficient, sort of an inference on leadership. Um, you know, it's a different time for players. Uh, Connor has an incredible amount of attention and requests in a Canadian market. I can tell you that when Joe Sackick... And Peter Forsberg came into Edmonton in 97-98. Jean Martineau, the PR director for the Colorado Avalanche, did everything possible to make sure that the players that were available were guys like Stefan Yell. Okay? And speaking of Joe Sackick, who I love, he didn't win a playoff series in his first seven seasons in the NHL. In fact, it wasn't until he moved to Colorado that he won a playoff series. And it's not like... The Nordiques weren't getting good players back then. I mean, they got Owen Nolan, Matt Sundin, Eric Lindros three years in a row. They got Deadmarsh was a pretty good player in the first round. They got Ricci was a good player in the first round. Obviously, they traded Lindros and got Forsberg. But they did win a playoff series in Sackick's eighth year. 
which coincided with the arrival of Patrick Waugh, who I would suggest was probably a generational goaltender, despite the fact that he's probably one of my least favorite guys along the way. You talk about how long it takes to win. I mean, Mark Messier, Wayne Gretzky, one in year five. This is the fifth full season for McDavid and Dreisaitl. Okay? Sackick, eight seasons. Iserman, 13 seasons. Mario Lemieux, seven seasons. Ovechkin, 13 seasons. You know what? It's hard to win. Anything can happen in a five-game series. I'm the guy who said Montreal wouldn't win a period against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Carey Price stands on his head, makes me look like a, a dork, and plays brilliant. Petrie scores in overtime, and it were a lot of people in Edmonton probably pretty happy because there's a lot of you that grew up Montreal Canadiens fans. And Pittsburgh, who's got a really deep team, is down one nothing in that series. You take a look at Calgary-Winnipeg. Everybody had Winnipeg in that series. Matthew Kachuk challenged Blake Wheeler to a fight off the opening faceoff. Wheeler didn't take it. Then Kachuk hunts down Mark Shifley with reckless intent. Okay, the way he plays the game, he's not skating after him to give him a love tap. And maybe there was not the intent to injure him, but he ends up knocking him out of, let's face it, he's not playing today in 25 minutes' time. And the Flames ran Winnipeg's show the rest of the way. They're in the driver's seat in that series, especially if Shifley and Line A can't play. The Maple Leafs and Columbus, two very tight teams. Just like Chicago's only 11 points behind Edmonton in the regular season, the Leafs and the Blue Jackets are separated by percentage points, and Columbus hasn't had half their team in the lineup. So Toronto's got a lot of pressure on them with all that skill. And they got completely boxed out of yesterday's game. And result, what did we have? A scenario where the Maple Leafs went up against the best defense pairing in the NHL, Zach Wierenski and Seth Jones, and they got beat. Columbus was just a little bit better. You know, little things matter. Taylor Hall comes out, smokes Roman Yossi in the first shift of the game for uh, Arizona. It's the best Hall's look skating-wise in a couple seasons. But if they don't get a fluky goal by Oliver ekman Larson, and if Ryan Johansson doesn't spend the entire game missing wide-open nets... Does Arizona win the game? It's a game of inches. And again, it's one game. Everyone needs to remember that. But then again, we live in a time where everybody wants something right away, and everybody thinks that things like Twitter wants to comment and often denigrate the first opportunity they get. So we'll see how the Oilers respond. Let's get to Jack's call of the game on uh, Saturday afternoon. First game of a best-of-five Stanley Cup qualifier, and for the Edmonton Oilers, Chicago used to be a familiar playoff opponent when the Oilers visited eight of ten conference finals between 1983 and 1992. Jason grappling in front, scored three of his last five games before the pause, sets a screen, shot, score! Connor McDavid blew it past Corey Crawford's blocker, and Edmonton takes a 1-0 lead on the power play. Oh, here's a giveaway by Smith. Then banked off Mike Smith, and Chicago has just tied it. Dylan Strom stole the puck. It was a misplay by Smith, who had just made a great save. Shot Taves, score. Chicago, power play goal. Taves from the left circle, off a feed from Kubelik. 2-1 Hawks. Off the initial draw, sent out a play, and then a rebound tiptoed off the second faceoff. A shot from the point and a beautiful tip, I believe it was Brandon Saad. Battling is McDavid, threw it in front, tipped home, and Jonathan Taves has two. Backdoor, what a save by Crawford on Chason, spinning and stopping another chance for Chason. Back behind the net, in front, one-timer score. Beautiful feed, McDavid. 
Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid each with a power play goal and an assist, but the Oilers are shorthanded, and Chicago has just made it 5-2. Another face-off win, and Dominic Kubelik has a four-point day. Just as Edmonton sort of tried to re-engage in this game, kind of a suspect call against Darnell Nurse away from the play. Box on the power play. They win the draw. Got to win face-offs. Taze wins another one. Keith across the Kubelik, and he can flat out out of the pill. And it is a 5-2 game. Off the post, rebound. McDavid unable to talk it home. Still loose, and Neal jams at home. James Neal has cut it to 6-3. All right, so the Oilers uh, end up losing the game 6-4. Miko Koskinen will get the start, but for Dave Tippett, one of the areas that needs to execute better, penalty kill. The Oilers, again, have the best penalty killing of any of the teams in the uh, playoffs. And uh, they uh, just had a three for six days Saturday afternoon against Chicago. Here's Dave Tippett. No, we, we did. Everybody's pre-scouted. You know what they're going to do. Just we made a couple of errors. First one, we had a couple defensemen caught in the corner and fell down and uh, left us vulnerable in some layers. So we gave up, gave up the first one there. The last one was a deflection that was actually the shot was going about three feet wide and deflecting going in. So we've looked at it. We, uh, you know, there's some areas that we think we can improve on, but it was like the rest of our game. We were just, uh, we weren't good enough. We'll have to improve tonight. And uh, Dave Tippett added a comment about the pressure the Oilers now face. Well, I, I think you have to recognize the situation you're in, whether you call it pressure or oh, we've got to prepare to win a game. And uh, that's as simple as that. We're, you know, we know we have to be better than we were in game one. There's pressure for us to play better, but also you recognize the situation you're in. You've got to, you've got to find a way to win a game to get it to best of three. And that's what our goal is tonight. But uh, we're going to find out a lot about our team, you know, how we play tonight, how we deal with uh Going out in a in a must win game. Let's see how we react. Miko Koskinen gets the start in goal, and Tippett had this to say on Koskinen's playoff experience. I, I don't look at Koski as inexperienced. He's he's got lots of experience. He's a you know it's not like he's a young guy getting getting thrown out there for the first time. So he'll he's a he's a steady guy. He, he'll go in and he'll give us a he'll give us a solid game and. We've talked about that since day one of the season. We've got two goaltenders we feel like can play, and our team will play well in front of either of them. And so Koski will get the get the start tonight, and we expect them to play well. Uh, yesterday, James Neal and Leon Drysaddle were amongst the players that spoke. We're in our orders now. Audio Vault for Direct Workwear, where safety meets savings in Edmonton, Fort McMurray, and online at directworkwear.com. Twice this year, I can think of at critical times, James Neal buried guys. Uh, one was at home against Washington. The orders were a little bit flat, and Neal got a piece of uh, Tom Wilson right in front of the Washington bench and just knocked the living snot out of him. And then first shift of the game, uh, Neil at that time was playing with Cassian and McDavid. Oilers were in Toronto, and he hammered John Tavares into the turnbuckles, and uh, Tavares got back up off the boards and gave the old, what the was that? And it was one of those ones where it set the tone. The Oilers have to be more physically engaged. That's a given. they got to be more competitive. I thought Neil and Chase on... Um, were two of the Oilers' better forwards. I don't necessarily think Kara got to their level, but I certainly thought Neil and Chason uh, had some okay moments. And uh, James Neal spoke yesterday, but yesterday about Edmonton being more engaged physically. Well, I think it has to do with the teams and the matchups for sure. I think. Uh... 
you know, depending on who you're playing, whether you're playing more of a skilled team or playing more of a heavy physical team. But, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think the team that has the combination of, uh, you know, the skill and the willingness to, to be physical and, and do all the hard, hard things that, uh, help you win is going to be the, the team that wins the Stanley cup. I think you saw that with St. Louis uh, last year, you know, they had skill, but at the same time, they're a heavy, heavy, strong team. So, um, you need to have it all. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think our game was, uh, nearly, nearly physical enough, uh, last, uh, or last night. And, uh, uh, we need to be a, a better in that area. Cause, um, you know, Chicago's, uh, definitely a skilled team. Um, we can definitely be harder on them. Oilers lack tenacity. Uh, McDavid, RNH and Cassian had a tough night to say the least. Uh, they didn't have that much time five on five against Taze and Kubelik and, and Saad, but it didn't go well for them. Uh, sometimes what we've seen during the course of the regular season is Dave Tippett deploy Josh Archibald with more minutes when the Oilers come off a flat performance or a performance where they're not physical enough. We could see that tonight. Now, Leon Dreisaitl picked up three more points. He's now got 19 playoff points in 14 career games. Um, and I think it was actually I think it was Jason Greger that asked this question at yesterday's availability. Uh, he, he was asked about uh, you know do you have experience with this given the fact that you came back against San Jose after getting spanked seven uh, nothing in San Jose in Game Four of the series back in 2017. Here's Dry Settle's response. Yeah, I mean obviously, um, like like James said earlier, it's a shorter series, so um, you know we have to obviously try to limit our mistakes. And yesterday, there's there's like just way too many. So, um, I think we, we know that we know what we have to do better. Um, uh, like you said, it does have that same feeling. I think we came out the next, uh, the next game and just played really solid. And, um, I think that's just what we're looking for tomorrow. Um, you know, nothing special. Um, just, just trying to bring our A game. So I see Neil and Archibald getting some more minutes. Uh, Clefbaum and Larson definitely have to elevate Koskinen and gets a start and goal. It's 12.26 in Edmonton. We run up right into the break. Uh, Eileen Bell has a global news weather traffic update. John Shannon coming up. We'll get his thoughts on the Oilers series and all the other hockey out there and some good news uh, on the COVID front involving the bubble as well. You're listening to Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.